This is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. Outgoing Deputy Director General of the UPU, Pascal Clivar, joins me in a moment for a look back at how both the postal sector and the UPU have changed during the course of his postal career, as well as a look forward to the ongoing development of the postal world and the future of the UPU. Joining me on the line is the UPU Deputy Director General Pascal Clivar. Pascal, welcome back. You were on the podcast not that long ago when we were live from Parcel and Post Expo. We're going to have a bit of a different discussion today, talk a little bit about your own personal journey with the Post and at the UPU, as well as a bit of the big picture stuff as well. So why don't we start off with the question that we ask all of our guests. It's about what's your first memory of the Post? First memory is um, like maybe all Swiss citizen, you know, in Switzerland, the post is uh, yellow uh, and we have also yellow buses. So it was more uh, the yellow buses and the traditional way uh, they announced that they arrive in one, uh, in one location. And uh, uh, as young schooler, uh, we had this in, in our village. So it's more the tone, the sun. Uh, of the Swiss post buses uh, instead of the postman, but um, it, it was a while ago huh, already. <laughs> so what led you then to join uh, the post? What, what drove you to choose this career? So the career uh, was, um, I started uh, being a lawyer and uh, I was in a private um, cabinet of lawyer and uh, I was approached by the former director general of the Swiss PTT uh, because the idea was to reform the Swiss PTT and start with a new company called Swiss Post. At that time, there was a need for separation between the PTT and create, of course, more the telecom uh, company in Switzerland, Swisscom. And so, uh, but there was a certain need to split the two. And starting uh, this uh, reform of the Swiss PTT, we had also to set up the basics among all uh, the, 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 the rules and, and, and the Swiss law on the post. And I was lawyer. I was asked to join a team, and we were a team of uh, six people, um, economists and legal uh, people, and, and we were involved in this transformation. And when you sort of looking back over your career so far in your involvement with the post, what would you what would stand out for you? What what would you say is your experience that really stands out over your career so far? I, I do think it's this transformation, the transformation of um, let's say a, a Swiss administration into a company, and then when I became this uh, role at the UPU, uh, it was a natural transformation, also path for us. Uh, to 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 help the sector change and reform, and uh, this was uh, in a natural way for me to to engage this kind of reform. Well, that was going to be my next question. Actually, it was about <laughs> the moving from Swiss Post to the UPU being a UN organization. What were some of the changes? Let's let's say then. What what were some of the changes for you between working with a national postal operator to working with a global organization? The national post operator was uh, was a really uh, uh, a discovery for me. Of course, we started by splitting the thing and preparing um, the road 
uh, not only for the Swiss Post, but also the road for the regulation of the, the, the Swiss postal market. At that time, there was no regulatory body. Uh, we started by the law and then the creation of the company, the status of the company, and then, of course, in the course, uh, the, the creation of the, the Swiss uh, regulator on the postal sector. And then when I, I became also at that time uh, in charge of the international affairs of the Swiss Post, and uh, I was, of course, uh, the natural partner of the UPU because the UPU is where we are uh, preparing the treaties and Swiss Post as an intergovernmental and international player uh, in operations. Uh, of course, there was a natural link with the Universal Postal Union. So when I first uh, became uh, into this uh, world of UPU, I was a Swiss delegate, a Swiss expert. Then I became uh, a major role because I was given from the Swiss government uh, the leadership. I was the head of the Swiss delegation into the UPU. And suddenly my colleague, Edouard Dayan, who was my counterpart in, in French Post, was elected as a director general of the UPU. And he asked me to come back to another role, which was the director of finance, because I studied finance as well. I was chairman of a Swiss uh, regional bank in Switzerland. And so I helped him transform uh, the financial management of the UPU. And within the, the years, of course, it came clear for me that if I wanted to stay at the UPU, uh, it was maybe uh, possible for me to uh, uh, another role. And uh, I was uh, looking for a more political uh, role. And, and I have decided to be a candidate for the deputy director general. I was elected and re-elected in this function. And now I am leaving this organization end of the year. I guess this gives you a, a, a good perspective on what the UPU does. So what, in your opinion, is the greatest strength of the UPU? Uh, the, the, the big strength of this organization is, of course, to be uh, an intergovernmental agency. And we have this uh, relationship with all the, the government of the, the world. And the postal sector be, be uh, an important uh, um, sector to, to, to help uh, the, the, the public development of each country. Uh, of course, we are born by this uh, intergovernmental treaty. So the treaty being uh, on letters, on, on uh, financial services, is the asset of this organization. Of course, then with the treaty, we have developed standards. And the standards allow the transformation and, and the real world. And now, of course, what is coming next is how to integrate the different players into uh, this um, environment uh, because at the end of the day you need to to play with uh, with um, the, the the sector you are in and and we know from the transformation of the sector from the liberalization of the sector that uh, other players are, are now uh, part of this sector and the challenge for me the biggest challenge is how to open up this organization in, a, in an appropriate way uh, to match better with the uh, today's reality when talking about the sector. When we talk about the future of the postal sector, it's very clear that the postal sector does not exist uh, on its own. In fact, it never really has. 
the post has always interacted with governments, mm-hmm. companies that send letters, mm-hmm. financial institutions and things like this. So mm-hmm. it almost feels like this is just a natural extension now that to interact with other players in the parcel sector or the e-commerce sector, it almost makes sense for for that to be part of the UPU's future. So let's just talk a bit more about the future of the UPU. You've just talked just now in your previous answer about um, some of the things to look forward to in terms of the future of the UPU. What about areas where we have to also be careful and to be aware um, of what also might need urgent attention in order to ensure future viabilities and success for the postal network um, across the world? As I told you, uh, this sector needs standards, needs a common approach in the way we exchange in the planet. Of course, we need also to protect the citizen. There is a need for protection, uh, health protection, but at the end of the day, also to protect area like for counterface item, drug, narcotics, all this kind of uh, uh, danger that we have as of today. And we are not alone. We are part of um, a certain number of players Having in mind that the planet needs to be linked, we have customs, we have other players like transport system, airlines, railways, trucks, all. And, and, and if we do consider in a, in a big picture our planet, all this demand for protection, all this demand for, uh, um, let's say, also added value in economic, uh, in economic terms, we need to be uh, where the customers, but our customers being, of course, the government, the regulators, operators, where at the end of the day, we can bring added value. So standards, but we can also play in, into, into uh, this, uh, this atmosphere with a role of uh, uh, arbitration. Uh, and we have set up a certain number of uh, mechanisms now uh, during the past years and approved by the Congress also to develop the role of the UPU in some area we were less familiar with. But that uh, is a demand now because of, of uh, this new world. Can you give us an example of, of one Ar- such area? Arbitration. Where- arbitration is like, for instance, in, in WTO. Uh, at the end of the day, you need, uh, if you have more than one player, uh, you may occur that you have different uh, uh, operations that needs to be arbitrated in a way to, to, to bring solutions to the player. And we know that in arbitration, we can do a lot of saving for the different partners involved, but also uh, make sure that the rules uh, that are now into our treaties are well respected. And this is, um, this is the world we are in. We need, of course, there was a large deliberation of the sector, deregulation of the sector, but there are still rules and we need to man- man- mention them and ensure that they are respected. Let's uh, change topic a little bit and talk about the Index for Postal Development. Swiss Post topped the table again. Uh, one of the sort of the things you can learn from the, these ratings, this publication, is that there are still there seems to be gaps, I suppose, between some of the more developed nations uh, and, and their capabilities and other UPU member states. 
So in your opinion, what are the main bottlenecks for the postal sector in developing countries? To be specific, in the developing countries, I will, I will come back. Uh, there was a need back in the years to make sure that we have a solid indicator, that we know and we can understand the world we are in. So the idea, of course, was to set up a uh, uh, an index where you may classify the different actors, and you mentioned one, uh, but there are a lot of uh, we can mention. The idea was more to start with uh, a certain index and see during the years how this index involved, evolved, and not only for the top 10 or the top uh, 13. Now, everybody should be in the position to assess where uh, last year, the year before, the year, the year before, and what was done. We have more than 900 uh, different index behind. It's a component index. And if you go in-depth into these figures, you may be in the position to adopt uh, the right strategic approach. And especially for developing countries. Uh, I, I, I always invite developing countries to not to compare themselves to the Swiss Post, Japan Post, French Post, or, or, or German Post, which is obvious they are on the top. It's difficult for them. They may be inspired, of course, by the business model and, and the rationale why you will be on the top of this classification. This is a source maybe of inspiration benchmark. But more important is the evolution of one country for himself during the year. What was done, what was not done, and how we can adapt the business model in order to make sure that there is a sustainable economic development of, of the company. And especially in the, in the developing countries, for me, uh, they need to think about the future of the business model. A lot of mistakes were, were, were done before in the year just because we didn't have this kind of index. And I can assure you that uh, back in the years when the World Bank was entering a country, the first thing they have done is to separate the postal services and the banking system. But this, this is the, 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 the reason why Swiss Post, Japan Post, or French Post are on the top, because they have a business model with banking services, postal services, logistics, and, and, and this was not uh, maybe done in appropriate ways in developing countries. They came, but UPU was not able to, let's say, uh, bring another picture. And, and, and in a lot of countries, the World Bank and F monetary funds, this kind of organism, they have assessed the, the, the postal sector in a way, and they have just destroyed the, the future business model. And a lot of countries now are looking for these uh, payment services, for instance. We, we know the money transfer, all these kind of services that are traditional or were traditional into this sector as are, are still the cash cow in the biggest business model. Huh? Oh, it's interesting to talk about using the index as a, a platform or a benchmark for strategy yep. a, a rather than simply looking at it as a league table, but looking at it as a way to pull out these, uh, these various elements that could be used as pillars for a postal strategy in a nation. I guess then we, we have to also remember that 
when it comes to setting postal strategy in a nation, there can be multiple actors, can't there? So if you're a, a postal leader or if you're in a, in a government position, could you, are there any tips there that you can share about how you can work together to build a postal vision in a country? What we are uh, trying to, to communicate, and it was done uh, with the Abidjan Postal Strategy, the last one, when we ask the country member to uh, approve the strategy in the Congress, we do hope that this country and the delegation of this country, because they are uh, government uh, representative, that they will go back and use this as a roadmap also for the country. Um, the strategy is set up in a way so to be put at the country level, at the domestic level, at the regional level. At the regional level, we are working with re restricted union. And at the country level, of course, if, if a country is coming to us, especially in the development or technical assistance area, we will work then with them based on two uh, different uh, tools, the World Postal Strategy and this 2IPD, this index. And after that, if we, if we can manage to make sure that all uh, the player, the government, the designated operator and the regulator, authority in a country are, are, are well uh, in understanding of, of these two tools, then we can start and, and, and make sure that at the end of the day, even our technical assistance product will be the right one for the country. And, not, and then with the index, we will be in the position to assess uh, the efficiency of the, of the strategy. Now, on, on this theme of postal leadership, uh, you are one of the youngest top executives in the history of the UPU. So what advice would you give to the next generation of postal leaders? Oh, it is difficult to bring always advice uh, to, to new young generation. They know better than us what to do. Uh, but the most important is, is, is for them to uh, assess where we are. We see a world that is transforming in a, like that. And, and of course, because of this new uh, approach we had after now this COVID story, uh, the booming of e-commerce, the transformation of our society, the way uh, this society approach exchange, communication, this should be uh, integrated into uh, into the, the the world we are in. Let's talk about the post. For for the new postal leaders, of course, they need to integrate uh, the world we are in to open this world and to to manage and bring the right positioning for for the post. Uh, the post can help a lot, not only in a, in a, in the business model, but in a, in the solidarity in the public uh, sector in the in the public service of course at the end of the day can be also um, uh, a leader when using the the, the 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 postal sector to 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 manage uh, the communication and, and link the citizen between themselves at the domestic regional national international level and, and this should be uh, put by the new generation. Everybody has a, has a new challenge and the young people have a new challenge as well. So make sure that, that this world will integrate and include people. Now, as, a, as we mentioned earlier on, you're a Swiss citizen. Yep. So 
Does that go some way to informing your own uh, keenness for multilateralism and the and the United Nations? So can you just share a couple of thoughts there about what makes multilateralism and the United Nations important for you? No, it's key. In the world we are in, it is key. Even if we uh, talk about this uh, pandemic we have today, we know that we need now more than ever to find common ground, common rules, uh, and 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 goals, so that we can um, that we can um, make change possible. We we saw what happened in in Glasgow. Uh, we saw what happened in in other area of 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 our world. Uh, there are still conflict. There are still, and you we cannot solve anything uh, now without multilateralism. So, a common approach. Of course, it's more and more difficult to find uh, a common ground, uh, but nevertheless, the try. Uh, we are in Switzerland. We have always tried with this di- direct democracy system. Uh, to to maintain always a certain level of dialogue in Switzerland uh, every weekend not every weekend but uh, in a lot of our weekend we are asked to vote to vote for different aspect of our lives it's it's the same an intergovernmental agency be un or be another one should still be uh, proactive bring all the topic uh, to to the the deciders and make sure that this dialogue is continuous uh, we we experience this uh, difficult uh, time when us wanted to step down of the upu and we had to set up a new dialogue between at least uh, two parts of the world this was especially in the specific uh, topic uh, china and us to find out how to still make sure that our postal services can still be exchanged under the UPU flag. But it's possible. We have experience. It is possible. So to find common ground, common denomination, but we need, of course, to follow up with a dialogue and not to breach dialogue. That's that's the way multilateralism can uh, can have a success at the end. But we are in a common world. We cannot ignore anymore any part of this world. Social media, media, every day we know what is going to happen in this part of the world. We cannot ignore. So only multilateral decision can make sure that there is a sustainable future for all. You mentioned earlier that you're finishing up your time as Deputy Director General at the UPU. Mm-hmm. Finally, do you have any any message to the new UPU management team? No, they they need to. The new management team are always uh, friends because uh, this is a family. UPU is a family. Uh, there is new blood coming, uh, fresh. We are now after nine years a little tired, even if still young. Uh, there is there is a need for new blood, fresh ideas, how to approach the different new uh, challenge we will have on, on our desk. We know as of today that uh, in this pandemic situation, we will have to solve a certain number of very practical problems uh, with the logistic, uh, with the, 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 the e-commerce. Uh, there is a lot uh, that they need to be uh, discussed, 
starting 1st of January. I still have uh, some on my desk, but the desk will not be empty. My successor, Mr. Oswald, will find a desk with, uh, with a lot of dossiers. So uh, they need to have the energy and to believe against uh, that the UPU and the postal world can do a lot for our societies. Pascal Clivar, Deputy Director General at the UPU. Thank you very much for joining us on Voicemail today. Thank you. You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and I look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU. Thank you.